Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Dollar Menu Mid Carters Presents. Holy fuck, we're back. Did that suck or what? I mean, not the show. The show is fucking amazing. I mean, you know, running around and, you know, wrestling a match and then having to immediately change and run to a fucking uh, little season. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, so, uh. We're back. We're back. Let's on talk. Spotify. Well, yeah. Spotify and all other major podcast apps, unless if they stop carrying us, because we haven't uh, we haven't ventured outside Patreon for quite a long time. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. So We've needed to keep Patreon. these doors open. <laughs> Patreon can or, uh, and Patreon's <laughs> doing it. Yeah, Patreon's <laughs> doing it. Fucking anchor can suck it. <laughs> Speaking of Patreon, if you want to join our Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash anarchystl. Uh, our subscriptions are dropping like hotcakes, so if you want to sign up for that bad boy, we definitely would appreciate it. Um, real quick at the top, just in case some fans listen to this and don't listen to all of it, um, if you ordered a Circuits Maximus event t-shirt... Um, I guess DM us on Twitter at STL Anarchy because a lot of people ordered these for, well, not a lot of people, but the few that did order them were for event pickup and only like two people picked up their t-shirts. So I still have your shirts that they're made. Uh, you can pick them up in August. Uh, if you need them shipped, we can work that out, I guess. Like just get a hold of me. I don't want people to think that we sold t-shirts and did not produce them as <laughs> they are made and in a box so definitely get a hold of us for those uh yeah but yeah what we're gonna do here today is we're gonna kind of do uh we're gonna go back in time because we haven't been on spotify in a while just in case some people don't know the story we're gonna kind of cover some of that touch on some things and then we're gonna dive into circus maximus we're not gonna go match by match in case some people haven't seen it yet it will premiere Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time, I believe. Yeah. Might want to check my time zone, but it will premiere Thursday evening, I believe, at 7 p.m. Central Time on on IWTV. You can use code STLANARCHY. We get a kickback if you use the code and stay on the service. But uh, it will be on there Thursday. So if you don't know the results, we're not going to dive into, like, the match results. Right, and honestly, I mean, while I do know the match results, I didn't get a chance to watch much of the show. I maybe got to watch two and a half matches. Uh, Actually, let's say, Uh, I'd say one match completely, and then, like, the back end of some matches. I watched three matches, the two I was on commentary for, and uh, Davey and Connor. But at first, we're going to go backwards in time to uh, Spalding Hall, obviously, for our longtime fans and fans that follow our social media and fans that are on Patreon, this, that, and the other, they know the story there. Spalding Hall went out of business. Um, I found out about that very early into the pandemic. I believe May of 2020 yeah. is when they told me that they weren't going to, their business wasn't going to make it through the pandemic. Um, from there, uh, they. They were kind of gauging if I would want to buy the building. I told them that there's no way I could afford to buy Spalding Hall. Uh, I then found out the asking price maybe wouldn't be as much as I thought. So two things happened from there. One is a story we've never told before that I'll go ahead and tell now. Uh, Major Bazden, who was my old boss at NWL, offered me a, uh, a very substantial loan if I wanted to take it to buy the building. Um, We didn't really progress far in those conversations. I actually was just texting him because I had never bought real estate of this kind before or anything like it. So I was just kind of like picking his brain, like how does the process work, this, that, and the other. And he pretty much like he gave me some good advice. I was like, oh, by the way, uh, if you need a loan, I'll give you this much as a loan. I was, you know, we didn't really get past that, but for you know, everyone that the Anarchy fans that don't like Major, you know, it was a pretty nice gesture of him just to offer to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the route we ended up going is Walter from Journey Pro, who's also a part of our team, 
uh, we, we decided to pull some money together and make a bid. Uh, what was supposed to be our August show for the uh, Spirit of Spalding, the second one, the August 20th, I believe. Uh, me, you, Walter, Gary, Tommy, I think was there. Yep. I don't know who all went to this meeting. But we were all there, and we sat down with a couple members of their board and their real estate agent, and we we made our offer. Uh, we made an offer for it. We talked about how we wanted to keep the the legacy that they've built alive. We explained how much the building meant to our fan base and that we would like to keep what they've built in the area going. And Our plan was to run the building as a full-on banquet hall. It wouldn't have just been for our shows. We were going to open up a wrestling uh, gym in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was stuff we were going to do. I don't get into all that, but for, for wrestling fans, the wrestling gym was a big one. Yeah, I uh, was really excited for that too. And we were just going to run it as a you know, it was a hall business. That would have become me and Walter's primary thing, would be running that building. Well, you know, once we got into this meeting, you know, it, then, the, you know, the, what, what, what reality was kind of comes through. Uh, the hall manager had gave me a particular number on the phone one day. Uh, he's like, oh, you know, if you offered this much for it, I'd take it. Well, that's what we offered we came in a little below that but pretty much right at it and they scoffed big time at it they ended up listing the property for like three times the amount that he said uh we ended up making another offer for a little bit more and they also turned that down and that was it you know we did everything we could to buy it and we couldn't do any more i made them an offer uh, for this year, saying, look, uh, I'll half all your liquor licenses with you if, if you'll do them, uh, and we will run there so you can make some money until you sell the place. And then once you sell it, obviously we won't run there anymore. And they for, they turned that down as well, which I didn't quite understand because I'm not going to get into all that, but you know, they're, they're eating cost to keep that place in dust right now. And we offered to run events there so that they could make some money. But they didn't want to do that. And right then, when that happened, that was the nail in the coffin. Spalding became no more. We then, that's when we took some time off. And we couldn't do anything anyway. But then right around January, we put the press on to find a new space. Looked at a couple. They were no good. Um, well, you're jumping over something, and I'm going to give this to the fans because I felt this was particularly shitty. Out of nowhere in November, they just hit you up like, hey, you need to move your stuff out. Still haven't yeah. sold the building. Uh, I don't know if they've sold it to this day. Like you said, once we, once we gave up on, like, once Spalding basically gave up on us, we gave up on them. Um, I don't mean it's so dire yeah, I like that. that. But, uh, no, yeah. I, I was actually in, uh, during the Christmas season, I do Coles. I do the online, like, order, picker, lead position. And I was actually at work, and he texted me, that hey, we need you to get all your stuff out. And this was, like, this was right before Black Friday. This was the week of Black Friday. And I tell him, hey, man, like, I'm at work doing retail. It's the busiest time of the year. I was like, can we come get it out? I think I said December 5th, a Sunday, we would come get it all. And he, his response was, no, I really need it out by uh, by the 30th. And I thought, okay, cool, so you're giving us like seven days to get all that stuff out, like very little notice. So then that was the day that uh, the venue was cleared out. I wasn't there for that uh, mm-hmm. because it was fucking fourth quarter and there was just no way it was going to happen. And I'd like to thank... Everybody who helped us clear it out, by the way. Thank you, guys. I know we told you in person the day of, but again, it was a lot. And we thank you very much for that, for your help and your support. So then from there, like I said, we took some time off. We ended up doing the full press for a building come January. Nothing. We had some meetings. Nothing really came together until the Elks Lodge was found, which funny kind of story behind that is the Elks Lodge is one of the very first places we looked at. And we just looked at it online because at this time, 
stuff was still fairly closed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we just never really made it up there to look at it. And then we had some meetings, a whole bunch of stuff. Was just, we were getting a whole bunch of no's. And there were a few that was just outrageously priced. Yeah. And then it was like in the company group chat we have, I was like, oh, hey, you know, Greg, on your way home, stop and look at this place because we're starting to hit the fucking end of our options here. So he went and looked at it. <laughs> he was like, wow. He's like, yeah, this might actually work. Uh, so he met with them. They were open to having us. The pricing was good. But then he set up a second meeting where I went up there and and we all kind of went up there and looked at it, and it was great. And we ended up walking out of the walking out of there with two dates, and then shit, we ended up with the rest of our schedule a few days after that. So we ended up with the Elks Lodge. Yeah. Um. So we set the show, we sat the show we made our video to announce it like that video went over real big we sold like we had our biggest first day ticket sales ever uh, it was fairly massive it was amazing we're happy about we're happy about that uh, we I really liked the way Tommy did the video for that oh that was really cool I don't know if we've ever said this publicly but Tommy's been killing it on everything he's been doing as we record this right now, Tommy's actually editing Circus Maximus so we can have it ready for Thursday. Uh, Tommy has edited exactly zero shows in his lifetime. He's teaching himself how to do it and editing it now so we can have it ready to go, which we'll get into more of that later with why that's happening the way it is. Um, yeah, we announced the show. Uh, we announced Gary Wyatt pretty quick after that. Um, I guess like the first thing that kind of comes into this is Davey, Davey Richards coming back. Yeah. Uh, Davey was available, but at first we were like, man, we kind of had direction and stuff, things we were already doing. Well, then we had some cancellations as usual, what usually happens, which opened up the door for us to go ahead and add Davey. So then that's when we do the Davey Connor. We decide to do that. Um, You know, building into this show, there wasn't a whole lot of things. Like, there was the big one. I guess we'll touch on that now. Like, like Davey and Connor almost not happening. Um, Yeah. Connor had gotten hurt in New Jersey, a leg injury. And it was real touch and go for that week. Meaning to end the Circus Maximus. Where, uh... Monday, Tuesday, there was really looking like a fair chance he wasn't going to be able to go. Um, Wednesday, he was a little better. Thursday, he he tested it out when we played a little basketball. And then Friday, he went ahead and gave it a go. But I, I told him, and this is what I tell any wrestler that works for me, like, I'll let you work hurt. Most wrestlers that have been doing this for any period of time at a high level are never 100% healthy. They're always hurt. There's always something. But I won't let you wrestle injured. And Connor, I mean, it was really early. It was towing that line. But he, he was able to go Friday, and it went incredibly well, which I guess we'll talk about that later, too. Yeah. Um, there was a lot more work for this show. We did concessions for the first time ever. We had, so Yeah. That was a fun and exciting experience. Well, one thing I guess better about now than maybe you know, years ago if we were to have to do this, I was able to buy like 90% of the concessions just for on a Walmart pickup. So it's not like I had to go in there and spend hours getting all this shit. <laughs> I made the order. Deborah went and picked it up Friday afternoon. It actually worked out really well. Um, Papa Kenway ordered the meat. He was such a huge help. He did all the grilling all day. Like Oh, and this food tasted amazing. I don't know if anybody was question whether or not it would, but like shut up. Oh, it was were, great. There were like there were little things with that, like you know, that uh the oven in that outdoor kitchen doesn't work. 
So, and the, the grill, I don't know about like, the specifics of grills, but it was very hard to keep the food warm. Yeah. Uh, we already have some ideas of how we're going to fix that for the next show. So that was kind of like the only thing with that outside of just running out was trying to keep it warm best we could. Um, we have some ideas, though, for August that we're going to do. So that shouldn't be an issue anymore. But, you know, it's just it's a lot. And I guess we've covered the day we are Connor almost not being able to go. Nothing really before show like nothing really happened i mean there were some things where there's obviously another promotion that runs in that same area we won't talk about it much no i'm not gonna bury him yeah no 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 no. but i would like i think that like (laughs) i tried to explain to the hall lady like this is gonna be a whole different thing like and i don't quite think they understood what i meant like i wasn't saying it is like Oh, the show, our show is going to be much better. That's not what I meant. I mean, obviously, I believe it is. I believe it's much, much better. But that's not what I was saying. I, I was trying to get her to understand because I, I believe they draw between like 60 and 80 people. And I was trying to get them to understand there's going to be a massive amount of people here. Now, it was even way more than I thought it would be. But I don't think she quite understood. <laughs> Until we were like living it on Friday when there were tons of people there. So yeah. we roll into we roll into the show. Uh, we're back to having to old school it and load up a U-Haul, which was real easy until it was time to put the ramp back up. Oh fuck! And we were hell. making such good time, and we started out the day. We were a good thirty minutes ahead of schedule. <laughs> like this is great. Like we're gonna be. We're going to be there like a half hour early. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we went to put the ramp up, and the rain kind of hung over a bit, which stopped the ramp from going underneath. <laughs> so that took some time. Probably about 30-plus minutes, yep. Yeah. Because we, right. we didn't just unload the ring. We're not that fucking... We're too, we're too stubborn. We just kept trying to lift shit to slide in, because the way it goes is it's kind of like just hooked in on a little uh, little rod, and we just kept trying to lift it up and lift it out. And we're just we're too stupid and too, uh, too stubborn to give up. Now we got into that point. Eventually. Uh, you know, we roll into the Elks. Had a ton of help setting up. So definitely appreciate everybody coming to set up. Uh, it's a longer process than it was before because, you know, you had to not just do the set. Mm-hmm. The tarp off the building. We had to kind of reconfigure the set because obviously there was severe weather in the forecast, which that kind of made like the two days before the show not stressful. But I don't think I've ever looked at the fucking weather forecast as much in my life, except for maybe January at Blizzard show. But the Blizzard show, I kind of we knew we were fucked. Like we had a very good. We knew pretty much we were screwed <laughs> where this show we just we didn't know so you're keeping an eye on the radar you're keeping an eye on the forecast i'm watching channel two four or five getting the national weather services opinion weather.com looking at all this shit mm-hmm. uh i wasn't really worried about the rain because the pavilion is just a huge area huge covered area i was more worried about the 75-mile-an-hour winds, they were saying, were possible. Yeah. Um, and then before we got there, I was a little worried about the seating because Tommy was like, oh, I think we can fit 350 under here. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, it's big, but I don't know. But once we got there and the tables were cleared out and it was just an open space, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, we can definitely fit over 300 people underneath this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the building, they only had they had 375 chairs out, plus we had like another 30 chairs that were in the back. Uh, we ended up having to pull them out, obviously, because we, we ended up with right at 500 people by the time this all shakes out. But, you know, setup was different, took longer. 
but we had help. Definitely appreciate everybody that helped out. We definitely needed it. Setting up concessions was a different thing, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, it got done. And then we opened doors. And I don't know, I, I was more excited for this show than maybe any other one we've ever done only because of the new space like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into all of it and name names or anything like that but there there are people who don't work for us and there are people you know you hear through the grapevine what people say about you or about you know what their opinion of the company and you hear things like well they only draw so well because they run in a Mark Haven like Spalding or, you know, they only, they're a novelty promotion that's just been around for so long. And then, like, you start to see things during the COVID time, which I did see these things, and I'm not going to lie, I started to kind of get irritated about it (laughs) towards the end, where... It's just the whole. It's a bunch of our fans just talking about, oh God, Spalding's gone, and I miss Spalding, this and that. And then you start to think, well, fuck, <laughs> maybe it is that people just like coming to that building so much, and maybe it didn't fucking matter what we were doing. Like it makes it cross your mind. Well. Once I started seeing like how the pre-sale was going, yeah, I was like, all right, yeah, we're going to be fine. But even more so than that, and obviously other people may listen to this, but like, oh, well, they're just saying that it's a new space and got to fucking put over the new stuff. But I don't think I've ever heard the fucking crowd as loud as it was during this show. Hmm. Like even when we returned to 2018, like that crowd was loud, but I don't know if it was as loud as the one we had Friday. Like those fucking people were electric. Yeah, it was. You could feel it, you know. When when Warhorse come out for for his match, like that fucking place was going berserk. And I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Like, at, even in Spalding. Like, you do have, like, you know, when Gary and Gage fought and the fucking place was going nuts so much during the beginning that, like, Sarah could barely make the announcements. You know, you think about that. You think about people coming up during fucking work horsemen and the besties. You think about the fucking false finish that Wyatt Warhorse did at Circus Maximus 19 with the ref bump and fucking chin sliding in and the whole place coming up. Like, all that stuff was, you know, massive reactions that we've had these moments forever. Like, for however many fucking years we've been running. Yeah. But this particular audience, like, it was... It was unbelievable. Like when Gary made his entrance, like I just people were going nuts. Like Connor got a huge reaction. Oh yeah. Like I mean, just just the uh, the atmosphere in that place was so fucking loud. And on top of that, like you're not in an enclosed space like you are a building. Like you're outside, and while we had tarps up, this is an open air fucking situation I mean it was so loud that the neighbor, like people who lived around the pavilion were walking over there to see what the hell was going on mm-hmm. um, and just for people who weren't there the pavilion's huge but there I don't I don't know how many fucking yards are from the pavilion to like where there's houses and you'd have to be like what 400 yards maybe you know what? Let's say about a thousand. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's far away. Like it's not like there's houses right across the street. Right. Yeah. It, it's a it's a while. Field. Like, like if people kept asking, well, how many people could you draw in this place? And it's like, well, 
if we sat people in all through the grass, we could fucking draw like 10,000 people. <laughs> the grass and all that is huge. There's no limit to the amount of people you could draw in that place. Yeah. If you put them in the grass, too. So it's just a huge area. And uh, there were just people walking over there from their houses to see what all the noise was. So that was, that was cool, too. Uh, it was just nice to see, like, okay, people come out to this still. It wasn't just because we were good at branding our first building as a place that you should come watch wrestling. Right. It, it's just it's the way we have branded you know, our product. Like, people weren't just there to see Davey Richards. Mm-hmm. You know, they were there. They were there to see the entire fucking experience. Um, oh yeah, and that's what it is. That's why we call it the anarchy atmosphere, not the Spalding atmosphere. Right. And two, not one person that I, I maybe it's out there somewhere and I haven't seen it, but I haven't seen one fucking person go, boy, that was a good show. Just really wish it was Spalding. Like I think the second that fucking Warhorse came off the top rope with his double stomp people kind of forget about Spalding because the feelings are so low. Yeah. But, you know, it was just, like, the atmosphere was nuts. Um, I kept saying leading up to the show, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do commentary. I think there's going to be so much going on, I just don't see it happening. Well... Turns out I was correct. Uh, I made it through the first match, uh, coming up towards the end of Neil and Warhorse. It was brought to my attention that we were almost out of change <laughs> for concessions already. Uh, so I'm very happy that Ben Miller was at the show. Because when we did, we did the stream, we did a kickoff show, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, it's like our own version of like the WWE kickoff show, mm-hmm. where Ben Miller... Tammy Warhorse, uh, fucking Chris, who was a ring announcer for PWCS. Um, they did a kickoff show. Greg produced it. And I thought that was really neat. But I'm glad Ben Miller was there because I was able to go over to him and be like, hey, I need you to take over. I'll try to come back later. And I just wasn't able to. Uh, we were running out of change. There was no real easy way to get it. Uh, Deanna, who's a longtime fan, went to get change for us once, brought it back. We were out of change again within 20 minutes. So Tommy's girlfriend went, got change, came back. And it was just, I mean, we're real happy people. I mean, it's not something we're complaining about. No, not at it's all. Just, Don't take it, it that way. Just, it was just a lot of work and I had to be running around kind of overseeing all of it and yeah it was it was just it was a lot so we had to do all that uh then you're right how you were you were going into the story earlier we go through all that I I had purposely put you early on the card with the idea being well if we run out of if we run out of meat, then I'll have you run to the Little Caesars. We'll grab some pizzas. Well, sure as shit, intermission's coming up, and they're like, "Yeah, we're down to, I think." Well, first we ran out of hot dog buns, but somehow we still had some hot dogs and some brats left. Luckily, the hall was nice enough; they gave us a couple pack of hot dog buns that they had. Um, then we were running out of the meat, and then you go and get the Little Caesar pizzas. Yeah. Well, I also had to get hamburger buns because we were all we had left was hamburgers. Right. But people, what happened though is the amount of time you were gone, we had run out of the buns, yeah. and people were just like, "Fuck it!" Like, "Well, I'll eat it with a fork. I don't need the bun." Yeah. So then we were still selling the hamburgers. So by the time you get back with the pizzas, mm-hmm. we don't need the buns no more. Yeah. And I was gone for literally only 20 minutes because I had it timed. It was like the Little Caesars, or no, 25 minutes. Five minutes to uh, five minutes to Little Caesars, 20 minutes for them to make the six pizzas that I ordered because I figured six pizzas, two of each would be fair. And then uh, 
I ran to whatever was there and got uh, three packs of hamburger buns. And you're like, where are you? I'm like, dude, I'm driving back. And yeah, then like, oh, well, you were already right there. Yeah. So. But by the time you got back, mm-hmm. we were completely out of yeah. everything. People were going like, hey. But, you know, they were wanting food. Mm-hmm. So you get the pizzas there. And in the time it took, I think you got back during Maverick and Beef, or Moonshine and Beef. Yeah, I still do that, too. Yeah. And I tell Jay Rose, I go, hey, when the match is over, you can go ahead and just make a quick announcement that the pizzas have arrived. By the time the match ended and he made the announcement that the pizzas had arrived, they were already gone. Like the pizza six, and think because you at first told me you got three pizzas, mm-hmm. and even then I was thinking, well, that might be enough. We only got like fucking three matches left after um, this one, after the beef moonshine. Yeah, or, yeah. Welcome well, you back brought back stuff. six, and those pizzas sold out in four minutes, and it, <laughs> it was just a mass. Like I knew going into it. I had underbought meat because I was like, I would rather underbuy than be walking out of here with 80 fucking hamburger patties that are going to go bad before the next show. Yeah. But man, like I, I did, again, I didn't expect us to have that many people. I thought we would hit about 375, 400. Mm-hmm. I even told the hall lady, we're probably going to sniff about 400 maybe. This was earlier in the day. Yeah. I, I didn't expect us to, to... I mean, we squeaked over 500 people. It was like 503, I think. Yeah. But I didn't expect that. And with that and then everybody eating, it was, it was crazy, which we definitely appreciate. I mean, it's... Again, it's not the bag on balding or anything, but... It, another form of revenue that's going to help our our company grow. Uh, I was able to add a talent to September and to August, basically just based off the fact that we had another revenue stream coming in. Mm-hmm. If we didn't, I would have had to sit there and make a real tough decision. Do we go ahead and add the talent and then hope for the best <laughs> and just hope we keep selling tickets? Like now I was able to add him and go, and yeah, we'll still be okay. And that's what another form of revenue does for us. If we don't just fucking add money to the show for no reason. Like, we are really trying to be able to make a profit so that we can keep running shows five, six, seven years from now. Yeah. Uh, when we're long gone, by the way. Anarchy will just keep running. <laughs> well, that's the goal. I mean, I would love to be able... To one day just go, hey, I'll pay for it, and here's the budgets and that, but I would like, you know, to one day not have to maybe do it. I don't know when that day will be, if it ever comes, because I, I do like it. Like, that kind of stuff, like, it jazzes me. I like the weather and that. It's like high-risk, high-reward situation. Like, either we're going to get storms and people are going to talk about it as, like, like they do the power outages we've had, yeah. where it, people lit the building themselves and made for a really neat experience, or it's going to ruin the fucking show like the blizzard did. And we locked out with this, and the rain pretty much held off. We, we had to deal with it on teardown, and then driving home. Yeah, driving home but, left us an extra 30-plus minutes. Right, but better that than during the actual event yeah oh yeah uh as far as the event itself again we're not going to get into results results but i thought the event came out really really well um i really like Derek neal i thought made a great impression uh the four-way and those guys got big reactions like I, you know a lot of times people like oh the a multi-man is just kind of you know, thrown on the card where with this one, they made it stand out. Like, it really got some big reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serge and Nick King 
I hear did a really good job in the pre-event party match. Like Nick, somebody that I've heard fans talk about a lot. Uh, Serge, obviously, was in PWCS, and he was good then. Bitchett was real big on wanting me to book him back then. Yeah, um, and he's just good in general. Like, yeah, I, he's I, only I gotten better. Say, I, I mean, he's he's talented. But even more so than that, and I've said this a million times, like just talking about him to Gary and like other members of the team, I'm like he's a, he's going to be a good locker room guy. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about Serge being a fucking idiot or doing something where I'm going to have to turn around and fire him. Like he's just a good dude and a good locker room guy to have around. So those are also things I look for when adding people um so he made a good impression Mm -hmm. uh the fucking connor that was a star making performance um i've the few people i've talked to about the match is like i've been doing this 17 years running being in the business myself and watched it for so long like i don't mark out for a lot like, my fandoms kind of even dwindled some. Like, even watching good matches, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that was really good. But, yeah, I don't mark out for a stick where I'll find myself, like, clapping or be like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, that, that was really good. Mm-hmm. When that when that fucking kid no-sold those kicks <laughs> and stood up and that building just erupted and came up with him, I, I marked out for that. Like, that was so cool to see, like... Him do like him no selling. The, the fans are right there with it. And, you know, Davey's still Davey. Like, you know, people. How many podcasts have we talked about that dude for Patreon, and even some on the other on here? And we've all and we. It's almost we had to always tailor it by going. Well, people have their opinions on Davey, but for us, he always did good work. We couldn't just like. It seemed like for a period of time. Everybody hated Davey for whatever reason, where if you had something good to say about him, you had to always preference it by going, you know, I know some people don't like him. Where now it's like everybody loves Davey. And that's great because this fucking guy, even after taking off however long he had to for injury, is still one of the best fucking wrestlers in the whole world. Like this dude, he went out there and he made Connor. Like, just, it was such a good match. And I'm glad that Davey is hopefully going to get the appreciation that he deserves. Like, he he's down at the, at the dojo working with people and making them better. Like, Davey has a certain way he does things, but at the end of the day... Davey makes people better by either working with them or just being around, giving advice. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm really happy to to see that again and for people to be able to see what we have seen for all the years we... And I'm not saying the man's maybe never done bad business, but I'm just saying in the realm of anarchy, he's done an incredible amount to help our roster. And it looks like we're going to get that again and it's going to be it's just going to make us that much better oh yeah oh yeah I don't have a lot to add to the Davy conversation (laughs) we've we I mean like everything we've said we've said a million times like you know and Connor always has these star making matches uh, performances just look at his match with Jimmy Rave you know right that was the first one like he I mean, it, that was on the last Anarchy show before NWL. Right. And he didn't get the chances at NWL that, you know, he gets at Anarchy. I, so, think, I think in time he would have. Yeah, I think so, too. But we just never got there. Um, it was, you know, the premier guys all made their debut. Yeah. Uh, that was a hot little couple. angle, yes. Uh, coupled with the return of Kenway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was neat. Looking for like, you know, those guys, like, 
it's neat for them to get to experience like what you know anarchy's like we always talk about this anarchy atmosphere and it, it to some people it just sound like well it's just it's just them putting over their company which obviously yeah why wouldn't we this is our fucking podcast we're gonna do that but if you talk to these if you talk to wrestlers and especially ones that have been around the area for a while like working in anarchy in front of that crowd especially at like circus maximus is different than working other places and other crowds like that's not me saying it. you can go talk to the wrestlers and they'll tell you that mm-hmm. i've had wrestlers tell me like yeah just it's hard for me to like, like it, it's they get nervous and shit about it where they may not normally be. We've had talents that that that, that happen. If you talk to the wrestlers, they'll tell you that. So I'm I'm glad that like someone like Camaro Jackson and Campbell Myers and that got to experience it because they got you know they experienced it in a big way working with Vega Fitchett, who you know there are guys, they're anarchy guys, it's two of the top guys in the history of the promotion so they kind of got thrown right into the fire and they did a great job and i look forward to you know having the premier guys then and i think we can do some neat stuff with them um on the pre-show you mean <laughs> all right Fitchin, i'd like that 20 bucks now oh sorry hold on soup sucks now i want my 20 bucks thanks Fitchin. thank you <laughs> I have a I have a note. Um, but then I guess like the last thing to kind of dive into is the main event, which I mean we will. I'll go ahead and quote now. We will be spoiling the end, what the finish of that main event was. So if you're listening to this and you have not watched the show yet, and you do not want to know the, what the main event result is, I would go ahead and pause now and finish listening to this once you have watched the show on Thursday. Um, but yeah, so 60 minute draw in that heat. I, I, it, it's, I guess you can't really explain it unless you're in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll do, uh, we'll end up doing a podcast with Gary for Patreon talking about this. So yeah, we'll probably get his thoughts on it, but I mean, it, it, it was hot out there. Like it wasn't wrestling in an air conditioned building. No, yeah. And Wyatt, I know like what he does for a living to support his family. He's waking up on Friday at three o'clock in the morning, going into work, working a full day, driving four hours to fucking Granite City to have that match. I know that Gary got three hours of sleep the night before was at the fuck at Greg's loading the ring trailer in the brutal heat, setting up the ring in the heat. Like, there, and then wrestling an hour in the heat. That is it's not an easy fucking thing to do. And you don't really have to tell a quote story about exhaustion because both of those guys were fucking legitimately like emptied the gas tank and, uh, <laughs> I know one of our, uh, Jason Klein, <laughs> said to me after the show, he's like, that's a set of balls to book a 60-minute draw. And he, he's right in a way, like, those are always risky. We did it at Journey Pro, and uh, everyone there, like other members of their team, were very skeptical of it, which I understand. Uh, my opinion on it, Especially if, when we did it at Journey, my opinion on it was, well, you have the heel champion, who's by far the biggest heel you have. You have an undefeated baby face who's fucking massively over. If the crowd won't get into this for 60 minutes, then we're in big trouble. Because it hadn't happened there yet. So, yeah, I, I felt confident in that one. I felt confident in this one, too, but any time you do one of these there's anxiety to it is like in my position as for the wrestler the anxiety is I gotta go out there and fucking survive for a legitimate hour 
for me, the anxiety is, man, if people shit all over this, it, it, it not only does it ruin the fucking main event of the event, it can also fuck with the confidence of the guys, because then they're like, well, fuck, no one cared, or whatever. So, and two, like, there are people that are massive Anarchy fans, maybe massive Gary fans, and maybe massive Wyatt fans that don't want to watch a fucking 60-minute match. So, it really, it is risky. And then, as the performer, and it it happens every time, because it's the way these matches are, there's going to be a stretch of time, maybe long ones, like 20-so minutes, where you feel like people are just kind of not giving a fuck. When really what it is, they're watching the match. Because you, you can't expect people to be clapping and yelling and screaming for 60 full minutes. So when people go back and watch this, which I hope they do on IWTV, look for the parts where the crowd's kind of just there watching, but then Gary runs like a fucking flurry of offense on Wyatt where he's just clotheslining him and the fucking building comes up or where Gary chops him and the fucking building comes up or where he goes to do something and Wyatt grabs the headlock takeover again and people boo and then come down like that's people invested in what they're watching not because they're not fucking just yelling and screaming and chanting Gary for a whole fucking hour like that ain't gonna happen So I was really happy with when we hit the end and people all were fucking chanting, let him fight five more minutes after just sitting there for an hour. Yeah. So it it definitely accomplished for us what it needed to. Uh, I know those guys were both fucking beat up afterwards. Oh, you think? Uh, But it definitely yeah it's risky because the other part of it is if you don't run a tight time up until then you're risking a fucking five hour show which we don't want to do right. our show ended up being I think three hours 45 minutes which I'll take it because there was an hour draw I usually don't like our shows to go more than 2.45 3 at the absolute most but 3.45 because of the draw I'll take it um Teardown went well. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to time it. I didn't get to, but I, I believe it was under 90 minutes. That was my goal time. I wanted us to be leaving that fucker in 90 minutes, which I think we would have, but of course Gary lost his fucking phone, so we had to look all through the locker room for his phone, and that cost us probably 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think we had the U-Haul loaded in an hour and a half. Yeah, and honestly, once we start getting the, the, the feel of it and the swing of it, like, I think we can probably get it in an hour. Um, that's it. Um, then we go back. We unload the fucker and grab the garage. Like, that. that's another part of it you don't see. Gary wrestling yeah. an hour and unloading this fucking ring in the garage. At one point going, hey, I need to go sit down for a minute. I'm seeing double. <laughs> so he goes, sits down for a minute. And then I have to tell Tommy, hey, Tommy, this is going to sound dumb. Because what we did, and we'll do something with it, is Tommy recorded things throughout the day that we'll make into some kind of fucking highlight reel. Mm, yeah. Uh, and so I tell Tommy, hey, we probably need to get some of this. So he has to jump out of the truck, and Gary comes in it. So now he's in the U-Haul unloading the ring after wrestling fucking 60 minutes. And like that that's just a part of it that people don't see. And... Yeah, that's part of what, you know, I don't don't think it makes us different because I think people that wrestle for other promotions all over the fucking world do the same thing. It's just just a part of it that the fans don't see. And Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of capped that off. I guess the only other thing to talk about is the live stream. Oh, I was going to say getting caught in a pilot. Yeah, but all right. Oh, yeah. How downpoured rain. So bad. We were going to go eat at a Denny's. We get to the Denny's, it's closed. A 24-hour so Denny's is closed, yes. Yeah. Oh, I have a good story. I didn't even tell you this story yet. This mm-hmm. is pretty funny. All right. So we end up at this Denny's. It's uh, The Denny's that we were at had, had the pilot attached to it. It was me, Gary, Sean, Aaron Williams. And uh, 
we just end up eating some pizza there. We sit in the trucker lounge and eat it. Well, when me and Sean go to leave and get in the car, <laughs> this old dude's leaving too. And he's like, motherfucking 24-hour fucking Denny's closed on a Friday <laughs> night. Who would have ever fucking thought? Like, he was going nuts. I was like, dude. And he's doing this, saying this shit in the downpouring rain, just standing there. And I'm like, dude, get out of I'm trying to get to the car. It's fucking getting drenched out here. I'm calling Denny himself. Bastard. <laughs> he was pretty upset. Uh, but yeah, the live stream, obviously there were some visual issues. Uh, you know, we're going to going to be better next time. First time we've ever done any of this. Walter worked his ass off all during the show to fix those issues. I mean, some of them, uh, and I'll just say this right now. I talked to Walter. Some of them aren't fixable. Apparently one of the sockets was messed up. So his handheld cam got shorted and killed. Um, And like two of the other things he said he tried uh, blew. So we were down a camera that whole show. So that's something we need to look to replace too. So there was, there was that. He kept working on it from what I've heard by the end of the show, it's particularly the main, that the stream looks great. So <laughs> we're going to work it out. Uh, Tommy, that's why right now Tommy is editing the show because with that camera being out, we've had to edit together camera angles. I don't know the fella's name. There's a guy that's doing some stuff for Gary. I don't know his name. If I knew his name, I'd put him over here. But uh, he he was nice enough to send us his footage of the main event. So that, oh. that was really cool of him. Oh. Um, so we'll have that. But, yeah, so Thursday it'll be up. We hope everybody watches it. That was kind of the overlay for, uh, for everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how often we'll be back here on Spotify and all the all the we did mention apps. Uh, after we get a good feel for the building and the setup and teardown, like we'll start trying to jump back into interviews with some of the wrestlers on the show. I'd love to talk with Derek Neal. Um, so like we definitely do want to have more things planned here. And uh, for those of you wondering when we're going to talk about the matches, well, that's when you're going to have to head on over to our Patreon because. Once Thursday happens, probably Matt and I will get together again and uh, either together or separately we'll watch the show, but then we'll talk about it and review the show like we had in the past. Uh, unfortunately, unlike Shire, you're going to have to be at a higher level than two bucks to hear a shit on you. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be recording that for Patreon, hopefully by this weekend. Uh, again, we appreciate everybody's support. Yeah. We do return Friday night, August the 20th, for Steel Town Beatdown, named by Matt Fitchett. Because um, only Fitchett ticket. gets to name shows. <laughs> uh, tickets are on sale at stlanarchy.com. There are some front row left, not many, so I recommend jumping on those. Uh, one match has been announced. Daniel Garcia will be debuting, and he will face Jeremy Wyatt for the Gateway Heritage Championship, if Wyatt is still the champion. Um, if not, that would be a non-title match. Yeah. Um, but since this will probably go out by the time we'll announce the next match, I'll just give it to you guys here in case it doesn't. Andre the Giant making his return. That's right. We got him, fellas. <laughs> yeah. So hope to see everybody in August. It'll be fun. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> 